0: Welcome to Doughty, a podcast where we talk about the concept of bravery or braveness. You can pick a word. You'll soon find out which one is my favorite. I'm still here. Doughty is still going. People are listening. There's people listening in places I don't even have friends in. What? I'm surprised. As surprised as you. And on the fifth episode, we've also reached our longer episode. And that's what happens when uh, you invite a friend who... It's far away, and you haven't seen for a long time, and who you miss. I guess you just start chatting non-stop, and then you realize the cuckoo clock is cuckooing again. Cuckoo. And you've gone on for an hour, and that will be a lot to edit on your own. That brings me to the other thing uh, <laughs> I wish, I wish that I had a lot of disposable income that i could build a little perfect studio in my home i've been dealing with some technical difficulties in this episode my voice will change at some point because the main recording just didn't work for two minutes and i think it's on the hardware everyone there's also been some other hardware problem in this uh, episode and this is physical hardware, my own hardware, my brain. I forgot the last question I usually ask people. You will sadly not know who's an example of bravery for our guest. I also forgot it for the next episode, because I recorded them both in very close succession, and I didn't have it the last one before I recorded the other one. I'm an avid podcast listener and every time a podcaster says oh I forgot to ask this question I ask every episode or I keep forgetting asking this uh, asking this question I ask every episode sometimes it's the question that makes the episode and they forget I always think come on what's happening it's your podcast you know what you're supposed to ask now I know it's my personal experience you do forget. But those are all considerations that you don't even need to worry about, because you're here to listen. And as usual, I ask my guest, Lindsay Bunnell, to introduce herself.
1: My name's Lindsay. My surname's Bernal. They're both spelt weirdly or look different to how you might say them. I'm from the UK but sound Australian because I uh, lived in Sydney for a while. So usually cover that off so people then don't just like spend the next chunk of time while I'm talking go Where is she? New Zealand? Is it New Zealand? Is it South Africa? I can't. I can't tell where she's from. I currently live in Brooklyn. I'm a writer, comedian, actor. Uh, I run workshops. That's me. Great.
0: I always add something, and I don't know. We're friends, so it feels weird to add yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Friend of Mariana. Sorry. <laughs> I'll add it to my I was resume. Going to add your smile, because you're always smiling, and I think everyone talks about your smile, and I think it's. <laughs> always it's nice true. to be around someone who has such a like. I'm going to use this word again I've heard used it in another podcast such an infectious uh, smile <laughs> and I know we don't want infection at terrible. this point
1: <laughs> it's true it would be really terrible if you could only use like the word once in your podcast like in the entire series it's like oh, I've used infectious I mean maybe it's a good word to like way to, <laughs> to delve into the thesaurus uh thank you it's uh really lovely I like smiling uh my mom was very happy and silly and smiley and joyful so growing up around her was a great inspiration and I I learned pretty early on it was a good tool I just I like smiling because it makes me feel good uh and it's nice to have like positive energy but it also like was a good chill like and people don't know what to do with it so like it was good for confrontation or like if children at school would pick on me because like I was bigger than a lot of kids and they call me fat like they don't know what to do if you smile back at them and I was like this is a cool technique for so many things but the the other side of it was like on a lot of leaving cards from work, people would write like, "Oh, I'm gonna miss your smile." It was like not me, like just my smile. How do you define bravery? uh I was thinking about this as I've been going out for walks. Like, How do I think of bravery? uh and I think it's I think it's so personal because it's really interesting to me when people are like, "Oh, you're so brave for doing that," and I'm like. What, no, that was just a thing. Like, even something like riding my bike into Manhattan. Some people are like, oh, you're so brave. I wouldn't do that. So I guess I think it's you doing something that you're afraid of. So it's so personal for so many people. And I guess probably as a child, like, bravery feels like superheroes. like, you know, like, people in movies who are, like, fighting to win and, like, overcoming, like, huge obstacles. But I guess just for people, it's like, well, whatever, whatever obstacles in life, like, feel huge for you or challenging when you overcome yeah. that's like
0: why i started the podcast because i think it is such a personal thing because whenever mm-hmm. people tell me i'm brave i'm like for, s- for a specific reason I'm like no it's just something right. i do think you're brave for cycling into manhattan but <laughs> it's coming from <laughs> someone who barely knows how to cycle so I, maybe one day i'll be able to cycle into manhattan i do think it's easier it feels less scary in new york than in london because it's slightly better now, but here, but there's more cycling lanes. It appears to be to be more cycling lanes in New York than in London.
1: Yeah, I. I think they're pretty evenly matched, but for different reasons. So in London, I think the roads are better. So there's a lot of potholes here. So it feels like you're looking almost in like more directions when you cycle because I had more confidence in London that the road probably wasn't going to swallow me up. And the other day I was going along this road and I saw it, it was like a sign out and I was like oh maybe that person is saving that space of road like they've got someone coming to stay and they want that space to park their car because my family would do that in London like they would sometimes put out like a dustbin so they could try and like hold a parking space and I got close to it and it was like this huge hole and I was like thank you like you were doing such a beautiful personal term for anyone like cycling or driving along this road so you didn't fall into this huge pothole so I was like great now I (laughs) more of those around the city would be I think you
0: just gave me one extra fear with my cycling which is being swallowed by the (laughs) the earth which I had never considered
1: (laughs) I I, I think it's a pretty rare occurrence so it should go like it should go towards the bottom of the pile like please don't be like just on a great road in London being like "Oh, oh what if the ground opens up I hadn't cycled for like 20 years when I started cycling again so it did take a while to get the confidence up and a friend as I was trying to do that one friend shared a fact that more women will have bike accidents because they're less confident I googled it and they were saying it's like that moment where you're like well if I'm gonna shall I pull out or like make this turn and like you just need to make the decision to do it not like make the turn and think about it and then do it because like things will have changed uh, and I'm sure a lot of people do that not just women but it was a very gendered statistic so I was like
0: okay well I did like this. in the book I read which we've talked about before the a curious history of sex mm-hmm. uh, they talk about the invent- when the bikes were in- invented and they thought women couldn't cycle or shouldn't cycle because their <laughs> body wasn't make- made for cycling and they will draw in their insides so for cycling, because you couldn't cycle like on a horse. You could ride on the side, and no. you can't cycle like side on legs one, one to each side, right? So yeah, uh, there there were <laughs> specially made corsets for women to cycle. There's also who thinks that the problem was that women would come for cycling and we co- can't give women pleasure, so let's not let them cycle. <laughs>
1: i mean maybe depending on the seat like you can probably get a vibrating seat now that sounds like a decently good idea like this is a really long bike ride i'm going on like let's have some fun i just have this image of like if they created a side saddle bike and like how that pedal
0: would (laughs) work on one side i'm
1: like i would fall off that would be i did
0: see the other day like walking home i saw uh i guess it's a new service it's a bicycle that has like seats in in the front bit of it but like um mm-hmm. you can see two people can sit looking to, at each other while someone cycles them around oh. and that must be horrible Ooh, i haven't seen for them the cyclist person. yeah i
1: haven't seen them i love the ones that you get at the seaside and in parks where it's like two people in the front cycle and then two people get to sit behind but they I mean, they could look at each other if they turn their heads, but everyone's facing forward. And I went on them a bunch on a family holiday, and the memory of them makes me feel <laughs> very happy. But it's like a lot of work if you're the yeah. people in the front and not the back. And the holiday, like, I was maybe seven years old, so my mum and granddad had to do all the cycling because my feet couldn't reach the pedals. And I was like, I want to go. And they're like, but you can't. And you
0: were so, at like okay. seven, so probably smaller i'm just imagining like two adults in the front and poor cyclist having to cycle them around yeah
1: when i i was very drunk a long time ago in london when i still used to drink and i couldn't get the buses were taking forever i couldn't get a taxi the tube wasn't 24 hours then and i saw a rickshaw and i was like how much to clap and he was like you cannot afford it i was like thank you for being so honest So, how do you know? (laughs) You basing that on my outfit? I was like, I mean, it's a fair point. I probably
0: couldn't. It could be like a hidden millionaire, billionaire. It could be like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, Jeff Bezos in a mask. (laughs) I also ask my guests to think about a moment or moments or like little situations, doesn't need to be Mm -hmm. anything big, in which they have been brave or out of their comfort zone. Because, yeah, I have trouble admitting Mm -hmm. I have been brave. Ever. so yeah maybe being yeah. out of my comfort zone is something <laughs> i'm i'm willing to admit <laughs> i think
1: like there's two things that come to mind the what the, f- the first one is like more in that essence of like adventure brave and as a child I used to do like a lot of like adventure sports and like rock climbing and windsurfing and like didn't think twice about it and loved it and then as an adult I went um well, I was like in my 30s um and with my ex we went to Bolivia and we went on quad bikes for her birthday I was a little bit nervous to start with, but we had a lesson and we set off into like the Bolivian hillside like and it was fine. We had to get through a little village to get there and there were just like loads of people in the road and that made me nervous. And I I definitely fell out of my comfort zone and I started singing um, and (laughs) I had forgotten But as a child, I'd gone skiing with my parents and if I felt like I was going too quick, I would sing to myself. So I used to get like a very physical reaction to let me know when I was out of my comfort zone because I would suddenly find myself singing Disney while skiing. Uh, So in this Bolivian town, I like started singing the Beatles. Anyway, it was much better when we got into the hillside, but the whole thing felt like a little weird. Haley's bike kept stalling because it didn't have enough petrol in it. And then on the way back, from like they got us to a viewpoint and you take photos on the way back my steering started to Feel really strange, and I was heading towards this big green mound, and I couldn't steer away from it. And I was like, I have to be like a stunt woman and throw myself off this bike. And like the bike hit the mound, I threw myself off. The bike rolled, and I landed. And like that's probably like in the old sense of bravery of like (laughs) ta-da, is like the moment that stands out. Was probably highly stupid versus brave. And I was like, I'm so sorry to do this on your birthday. Like just give me a moment. Let me sit here. The instructor checked the bike and the bike was fine i was fine he's like it's unheard of that like everyone is fine in these situations so like great work and then i looked at Hayley, and i was like where are we and she was like what do you mean i was like where in bolivia are we and she <laughs> she then stopped smiling uh, and i couldn't remember the previous week since we had arrived from like doing the Salt flats tour so I had like that's scary <laughs> yeah it was very strange because I can remember now like I and mean, very soon after I remember being on the hillside not remembering but I have full recollection of that week like I remember all the things from leaving the salt flats like we did Spanish lessons I remember the teacher's name I remember the students but in that moment I couldn't and she was asking me all these questions she was like do you remember like who were the students like, I don't know she's like what was the teacher's name? I was like, I don't know. And then she's like, Can you conjugate the verb to go? I was like, Yo voy, tu vas, nosotros vamos. And they were like, Well, she's retained okay, what she learns, so maybe this is okay after all. And that was like a real shake up. So that's like when you when it's like, what was brave? Like that feels like my most action adventure moment. Uh,
0: <laughs> it's funny that you remembered Spanish but not an- anything else. So I guess it might have been yeah. just like a, a nervous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really weird how your brain works. Yeah,
1: so strange. And then, like, to make sure I was okay, because we weren't super near any hospitals, and our Spanish was not good enough to explain or then understand anything if we'd gone in. Haley woke me up every 15 minutes to make sure I didn't go into, like, any form of
0: concussion. I'm not naming names, so it's fine if I tell a story that's not mine, <laughs> but my friends, uh, they're a couple, and they went, uh, like, on a trip to, I think they were in Thailand when this happened, maybe in Vietnam, he got ill, like, very ill, high fevers, and... I think he couldn't like, go to the bathroom or something like that. They ended up going to the hospital. I think they didn't mm-hmm. go to the hospital because the hospital was too far away. So they were t- went to a, like, a private clinic. And they didn't, didn't speak anything of the language. And they didn't speak English. And they had like a translator from the tourist place where they were. Who was like a young 15-year-old or something like that. That was translating stuff to them. <laughs> but when they got um, the medical report... My friend put it in Google and it was so, so weird because all of it was like, (laughs) he had like something in his intestines. So I'm guessing the word for intestine Mm -hmm. is similar for the word for penis because everything on the Google (laughs) translation was about how his penis was engorged or something like that. And it was like (laughs) sentence after sentence after sentence of like synonyms of this.
1: (laughs) And they're like, I wish I had that experience. I was in a lot of pain. Like, this this experience would have been great. That's what I want on a vacation. <laughs> yeah, but I think, like, uh, to a lesser extent, I don't trust myself with, like, well, I don't <laughs> trust myself with what I could do physically. So I sometimes hold myself back with, like, that kind of stuff and could push myself a little more. And then the the other thing I thought of was really like really like starting to speak up more. Like I was very shy for a long time. So having to like talk in public or talk in class was like terrifying and I hated it. And like working in a bar was like a great uh bridge for me because I always really liked talking to people. I just didn't want attention uh wanted to blend into the background so like finding my voice and talking more and like airing more opinions has always felt like taking steps forward and like doesn't feel comfortable and it oddly feels like better in like maybe not oddly but like there's certain circumstances where i'll do it very happily and challenge things and others where it's like yeah. much
0: harder. I like I I I relate a lot to both things. I think like physically I don't <laughs> like I'm afraid of like doing a handstand because I may fall and and break my neck. And I know it's mm-hmm. like not a, a rational fear because I think pro- if if a lot of people, I mean, I have it, so maybe we. <laughs> but I guess
1: like if a lot of, a hundred percent of people on this episode have that fear. <laughs> but
0: I guess like if a lot of people broke their necks when they did handstands. Maybe handstands right. will be like a, a thing people talk about on TV, <laughs> and they don't. Probably doesn't happen.
1: Handstands kill more people than sharks.
0: It's <laughs> like that's not uh, the fact. And I'm al- I also used to be very, very shy. I, I still am because I feel like in groups of people, I, I still will stay in the back just listening. And I like, I like talking to people and I like listening to people, but then. <sighs> mm-hmm. I'm happy have trouble talking to people that's why i'm doing a podcast so i can learn how to talk to people
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i get it like the bar work was great because it was like you just had to talk to people and the, the first week it was the pub that i'd gone in a lot as a child and it was the pub that was my dad's local, but they had three different bars, and obviously he wasn't in the pub the whole day, so it was like it wasn't like he was there all the time. And he gave me a crash course in like these are good things like a bar person should do for this kind of pub. And then someone on my first shift, I think, asked for tonic and bitters and it's like the angostura bitters which are in a bottle and i was like do they want like half a pint of beer with tonic order? like what is this order and just like feeling awkward if you didn't know and like the tools are weird to use so it was like i remember like the landlord and landlady went on holiday i think for like three weeks and when they came back they were like wow we have a bar person now because i was like fine like moving around the bar like could talk to people <laughs> and i was like
0: yeah i got that <laughs> Because yeah. I feel I feel similarly about like asking when I'm not sure, or maybe if someone has told me it before and I just didn't pay enough attention, so mm-hmm. asking to clarify feels like hard to me. Uh, and it feels like you ended up learning on your own when the landlady went away, so it's like... Yeah, I feel yeah. like I probably learn better by myself because I'm just like, I can't ask anyone. So I'll just go into like YouTube right. and learn it.
1: And I think some of that, whether it's asking how to do something or like just asking people questions, like sometimes I don't want to ask that because I'm like, well, I don't want them to be out of their comfort zone. And then like, it's this weird spiral of like overthinking. It's like, you could have probably just asked the question by now. If they didn't want to answer it. They can
0: probably tell you they don't want to. Yeah, but yeah, uh, again, I'm relating because it is a lot of like overthinking thinking what will that person <laughs> mm, uh, the per- mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You should stop overthinking and just yeah like- just do <laughs> uh
1: and I found it a lot in school like I think because partly I'd been picked on for my weight like I just wanted to move around almost like not being seen so I wouldn't volunteer to do things and I wanted to act for so long and wouldn't because I was like well that way you end up with everyone looking at you and I was like I don't want that I don't want like <laughs> everyone had to pick on me for acting or, like, because I'm overweight uh, and, like, being seen by a large number of people. And I didn't know, but someone had dropped out of a play in sixth form. And I'd been to see a show in London that weekend. And in French class, it was like, talk about your weekend. And I was like, oh, I saw a play. And when I see a play, I think, oh, I'd like to do that. And someone in my French class was in the play. And by lunchtime, they were like, so do you want to have the role? There's a spare role. Just take And I was like, I did that. Okay. <laughs> so, like... Awkwardly stumbled into it, and I was like, "Oh, I really like this. Like, it's good to say the things you like and tell people what you want to do, because then opportunities open up and you get to try the thing." And like, I could have hated it and been like, "Oh, what was I thinking about?" Like, I didn't want to this thing I thought I would love. I hated, but I didn't. I loved it. Yeah, at the time, it feels like more of a risk than it is. So it's just like getting yourself to like yeah. jump that. I hurry.
0: find it funny because I I was always very shy, and I I. Blend d- in the background and whatever and we didn't have properly like drama class or we didn't have theater plays but we do mm-hmm. theater bits for the christmas party or for geography class and i'd love th- to do that and i'd do it it, it's, it was more because it was part of the work i needed to do for class but i really enjoyed it mm-hmm. and i didn't feel i never felt like embarrassed of making a fool of myself on stage. I remember the geography class <laughs> one was a fun one because we were learning, I think we were learning the, um, the way the European Union uh, was formed and whatever. Mm-hmm. And so there, at the time there was this program on Portuguese TV that I don't know that if there was a UK version of it that was called Meeting Point. And it was like people who Uh were separated at some time in their lives, like siblings that were separated at birth and never met each other. Or like brothers that were separated by the colonial war Mm -hmm. and never seen each other again. They'd come on that program to try and find that person. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we did that for the countries in the EU. So each of us was a country. (laughs) That's so And we went on the meeting point <laughs> tv show i can't remember Ooh. who i was but i remember that i you? cried i cried actual tears it's <laughs> so beautiful and everyone in class Ooh. was like are you okay <laughs> but are you crying or are you pretending to cry, <laughs> pretending to cry. <laughs> <It's> just,
1: <laughs> like i am just very moved as this country to meet this other country i don't think we had we, i think i think the, the most similar show i can remember was surprise surprise Where people would get reunited or like meet with long lost relatives. I think we
0: had surprise, surprise in Portugal as well, and it was called surprise, surprise, which is (laughs) but yes, it had an English title. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of those programs were like brought from the UK Mm -hmm. because we also had like the. Star shower in Portuguese, but its I think it exists. It's one where you pretend to be a singer and you actually dress. and Yeah, you know.
1: stars in their eyes. I remember
0: that because it's not the first time. Star
1: shower is cute. Star shower sounds like I get to go and bathe outside in the stars. And it's Star like shower beautiful. is what we
0: call the <laughs> meteor shower.
1: Yeah, I watched a lot of stars in their eyes with my mom.
0: There's like a few actual singers that came out of it, which is interesting as it was mostly an impression. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think
1: most people who had success from the UK one went on to to impersonate those people or if it was more like a lounge singer to Mm -hmm. sing in the style of that singer as opposed to have like their own independent.
0: You have mentioned the two things that you thought were the moments where you have...
1: With With like speaking up, what I find interesting is it takes me less... It's easier for me to do it at work. So if I need to challenge something in the workplace, I tend to find it easier because I wanna do a good job. And so I've previously worked like in internal communications and employee engagement and like need to advise leaders on a certain way of doing things or like give advice to people who wanna communicate and it feels much easier to say, Hey, like this is the way to do it or like have you thought about this? And I think it's because like I want the right outcome and like to do a good job. And I'm like, oh, well, then just thinking like through that lens for yourself. So it's very weird to me that I won't do that. And I'm never aggressive with those people. I do it in a way that feels like a compromise as opposed to like nope you can't do that do this (laughs) because they don't react well to that do you
0: think it might come from a place of not being sure that it's right because at your job you know that what you're saying is the best best thing for the best Mm. outcome in your personal life maybe sometimes that's not the case you're just uh, maybe you think that uh, that thing will be better but who might not be sure. I think there's
1: probably a little of that and then a little before as well like if it involves other people still having that like, I want to upset them but I think I've got better at that in the last couple of years but it's like always still like more steps forward and probably just like more confidence to be like yeah I can just do this or like this is just me so here I
0: am. the other side of the coin is uh, the question if if you've ever not done something for lack of bravery or maybe fear there's like
1: one moment that I can think it's like the one thing in my life where I'm like "Oh, what would have happened if I did that and I lived in France for a year because my degree was English and French and in the year I did I joined the student theater group which was super great like really helped me progress my French and I had such a fun time and as my year abroad was coming to the end and the play was wrapping up the director was like oh my friend needs an English and drama assistant for the next school year i said like i could put you in touch with him like you'd get the job do you want me to do that and i was like it was very much like yes i want that because i already knew at that point like i would like to do more acting like maybe i'd like to work in drama like i hadn't ruled out teaching at that point i'd love living in france like i'd had such a great time and i was like I don't go back and finish my degree now. I don't know if I ever will. And so I went back and finished my degree, but it's like the one, like it always feels like the biggest opportunity that I didn't do because it was like a very clear like split of pathways and maybe it would have been fine if I'd done it and never finished my degree. But I was like, I think I have to go just do this now because I was at a point where I was like, I'm so done with studying. I just need to like clear it out and then like head forwards with life. Yeah, it's the only time that I'm like, should i have and there's probably like i don't know maybe there's small things like that happen you know day to day or like silly things but like i'm pretty good at not holding on to those that just feels like the biggest (gasps) what would have happened i could be living in france right now as an actor (laughs) like no i'd have probably done it for a year come back finish my degree and like Uh, you'd
0: be (laughs) like a a really you'd have done amelie instead of uh what's her name <laughs>
1: right <laughs> it's true uh if you mean an impression i'll do an impression of Emily instead of mary Poppins. <laughs> but i think otherwise like i try not to hold on to things because i don't think it's useful like okay well you made the choice just be happy with the do you choice
0: think um either doing something even though you were worried or afraid of doing it uh, that was successful or on the other hand not doing something because you were afraid and then regretting it makes you take
1: bigger risks now yeah maybe a little bit because i think it is the only like there's and that so that would have been like 2002 and there's not been another one of those since so hopefully hopefully that's the lesson uh, and it paid off Otherwise, I've never had two such exciting opportunities at the same time, which would feel really sad. Yeah, I think there's been other things where I'm like, oh, maybe I, sh-. I don't know, even like moving countries, like the decision when to move, and like, oh, do you go straight home or do you like travel by a place? I've just made those choices and gone with it, and I, th- I think I've got good at knowing. There was a moment in Sydney, and I was really unhappy in my job, and I was like, if I can't find a new job, I need to review like what this means because. It might mean that I just have to leave the country and I have to be okay with that because staying here for something that doesn't bring me joy was weird. Uh, thankfully, I found a new job. And actually in that job, I remember in the, the second interview, I was interviewing to work at a bank doing communications and they were <laughs> they asked me the question, why finance? Uh, And I was transitioning working from like a pensions company and I was like, it's not finance, it's communications because someone who I worked with was interviewing for jobs elsewhere and she had talked about where she interviewed, she really resonated with their culture and values and like she felt great she could be herself and that had stuck in my head. So when they asked this question, I was like, I have to be honest because they were going to put me in charge of home loan and mortgage communications for bank employees and I couldn't be like, I love finance, I know everything about it because I was like, I don't and that's going to be apparent so quickly and it was a really nice moment where I was like, do you know what, I'm just going to be myself and if this isn't something they want to hear, fine and we shouldn't work together but I'm just gonna say and she's like me too I used to work in like politics but like I'm really passionate about communicating with people and like getting messages out and figuring out how to do that I was like oh this is great move and it was like I always remember that as a like just be yourself because you'll either end up if you're not like you'll end up in a job that isn't right for you like someone reviewed my LinkedIn page they were like hey I have this like resume consultancy business I've looked at your page do you want a free consultation I was like sure and they were like you should change your picture and it's me smiling They were like your picture is not professional enough you shouldn't be smiling I was like if someone doesn't want to employ me because I'm smiling like I should not work there because this is what you're going to get 90 percent of the time to your (laughs) point of start of the conversation I was like this is goodbye I don't wish to pay for your consultation because I was like I don't want the jobs you're gonna like shape me and package me for like yes my resume might look like oh she could work in like all these corporate places but I'm like I'm always me in those places and it's really interesting to see which organizations will still let you be you and the ones where it's so corporate that you're like nope okay this was the uh, one.
0: my LinkedIn picture I got it taken I went to a a CV consultation thing as well that I think was meant for the arts. I think it was to see if it was a photography thing. And my CV at the time now it's a little bit better but at the time mostly had I have a master's in biochemistry hey hire me to do your <laughs> <laughs> I don't know <laughs>
1: uh, I think I would just work because I'm like wow you got through that what else can you get through because that's not like where I'm naturally inclined. I'm like that's great Ooh, all right. they, they did tell me <laughs> that
0: yeah keep that in because people will think you're smart and that's half the way to places are cool I don't know if having knowing everyone i know that took the masters i have eh, i don't know if everyone is Mm -hmm. but that's another (laughs) story but (laughs) the photo that was taken for like i think it was an arts thing they it's it's very very serious it's the one i have on linkedin because it's maybe one of the only ones that i have that are like headshotty that's not smiling Mm
1: -hmm. it's crazy it's like well you're gonna find out this is me so let's (laughs) you should know that from another
0: photo and i I do like it from like a big photographer, I can't remember his name, but he was doing like mm-hmm. a free uh photography session for anyone who would like to at a photographer's gallery mm-hmm. one day and I went to take it. And he also didn't let me smile. No oh. smiling. No, don't smile. Yeah, it's Okay, <laughs> cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, I hate the new passport setup where it's like you can't smile and like you have to look at like a certain way and I'm like like it's an expression i'm never gonna i mean maybe i would probably like go through customs because you shouldn't probably go through smiling but i find it very hard to be serious i got a friend to take pictures in like a certain start <laughs> i'm just gonna have to have a few where i laugh because i can't hold this very stern and it's face. like
0: all the pa- most of the passport photos end up being weird and not really look like you so mm-hmm. if you you're even putting something else on top of it. It's like crazy. Yeah. And for the ID in Portugal, we do everything in the place where we do the ID. They take the photos, they do everything. I think for mm-hmm. the passport now as well. Uh, they have a, like a little machine. They put it in your height. And then they don't tell you, I'm going to take a the photo. Mm-hmm. They just take it. And you're like, I don't know, with like <laughs> the stupidest expression. And the one in my older ID, not the one. I have now, because I had to make a new one when I was mm-hmm. robbed, but before I knew the guy who, who took the ID so like he let me take like three photos, and it was his choice he was the one <laughs> saying, no, let's take another one so it wasn't me being difficult <laughs>
1: I thought you were like, uh, so I'll get the one for the passport. If I could get a new headshot, uh, I also probably could do one for my drivers. I get it. You retook it to have a great shot. I remember like just as people started to take photos on their phones and like digital cameras, a friend took a picture of me and someone else. And she looked at it, and she was like, no. We'll do another. And I was like, how terrible is it? She's like, we'll just take another. I was like, wow, kind of miss that you don't just get all those terrible photos now. I have so many negatives at my parents' house, which are just like (laughs) fingers
0: in front of like I used to take my camera to concerts. And if I wasn't in the front row, there would be like tons of Mm -hmm. heads between me and the person and i have like right. some great concerts <laughs> right. that i still keep the photos they're in like photo albums and they're terrible photos and i should be embarrassed of them now as a professional yeah. photographer but i'm not in uh, <laughs> my photo albums <laughs> yeah mine mine too i went home and i
1: was like i'll start sorting through these and get rid of the bad ones i was like oh no this is a job that's gonna take forever i should if they go in, like i probably <laughs> the whole album <laughs> needs to go but i did it's like i'd forgotten i did photography at school i was I did expressive arts, and you could either pick photography or drama, and I I really wanted to pick drama. Uh, My dad was like, but photography is like a practical skill, and if you want to be a journalist or you want to write, like, that's probably more useful, and so, like, I didn't do the brave world thing and be like, no, I'm taking drama, so I took photography. And was the only person who did so. Nineteen people went off and did drama, and I had one-to-one photography lessons, which is wild. Uh, they also had a dark room, so I just got to go and like use the dark room on my own, and I really loved it. And I did a week, two weeks work experience at a local newspaper. And I knew one of the photographers because it was a paper my mom would work for on reception. So it was like a very safe, friendly environment to be in. And at the time, I did not have enough confidence to think I could do that as a job. Because I was like, if they sent me out as a photographer and I didn't get the shot, like, how (laughs) terrible would that be? Uh, And I look at that now and I'm like, but you're good enough and you would get the shot. But like as a 15, 16 year old, I was like, oh, this is too high stakes. Like, I don't want to do this.
0: That's one sort of the good things <laughs> about digital cameras, and I guess like prop like yeah. photographers will do the same with analog cameras. I guess they take more photos than they need, mm. but yeah, with digital cameras you can just yeah. stop stuff and have
1: like a thousand. Photos. It's true, and it wasn't. Yeah it also wasn't a digital SLR so everything was manual like and I had like my dad's old one and my granddad's and my granddad's didn't have the light meter within it so for that you had to have like a light meter that you carried around with you and I was like no but I yeah I really enjoyed it and that's probably like I was thinking recently like oh yeah like That would be fun to like do a little bit of that, particularly at this time where I like having reasons to go outside and that would be like a fun reason. I
0: like something you said made me uh, think about my brain Uh, (laughs) because you said your dad told you to do the thing that seemed more useful. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, I think my parents never told me that. Probably they, the way they brought me up, put that in my brain, but they never told me that at any decision that I've made. Mm-hmm. but I think I feel like I've always made the decision of the more practical thing right. like when I went when I chose what I wanted to do uh, for like in Portugal when you're 14 15 you have to choose whether you want to study science humanities arts or whatever and mm-hmm. I chose science because that was more practical, even though maybe I'd like to do cinema. But uh, science was more practical. Mm-hmm. And when I first went to like in, to fifth grade, you also have to pick your first language that you will learn. And I had started mm-hmm. learning English already. Mm-hmm. So I thought that it would be more logical to do French because that way I'd have two languages. And I think it was my parents that told me not to... Because I wouldn't be with, in the same class as my friends. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really sweet. <laughs>
1: They're like, no, no, have, have a nice social time. Uh, it's funny you say that. I quite often describe myself as fun and practical because like, I'm very silly. I love to have fun. Like, I believe people should play and like, have that felt, like, sense of fun and wonder and play in their lives i'm also very practical so like it's always this mix that it's like yes i'm gonna play but i do need to make sure i've got the laundry on organized things and like have fully prepped everything to the point like i made like a little mind map before coming on this like i did not need to but i did because i'm fun and practical and like i know there were other things that my parents said which guided decisions I have I, my dad was like what do you want to be I was like an author he was like well if you want to be an author like it's good to go into a job where you can write if you like writing and then like you can write the fun stuff outside of that which I was like well this seems logical." which is the path I took but then like I overcommit at work and then I'm like oh there's no side- <laughs> time outside of work for like the first few years I was working to do any of that stuff and like it was conscious decisions to like oh I'll start doing like this type of class to like make sure there's a regular commitment and like create those structures to do that and same I was like can I audition for like drama school my I think it's better to get a practical skill first. Like, I guess the whole family's just more practical. <laughs> like, let's do the practical thing first. And uh, I think having gone and done that and followed that path, let me do certain things. And sure, maybe if I'd taken the other path and done acting, like that also would have. But like, I kind of can see the benefits of it, and I still get to act now and will do more acting. So it's not been like an either or. Like, it doesn't exclude that. It just varies the amount you get of that in your life. At,
0: yeah, I, I feel the same because I also feel like when I did eventually go to do biochemistry, and like the idea was also, uh, that probably is something my parents <laughs> told me that I could do whatever I wanted, like after school, or then when I had a job, I could have mm-hmm. the job, and then after the job, I could do in the evening, I could do whatever. And I feel like while I was at uni, what I my creative outlet was learning languages, which I've realized recently that that was my mm-hmm. creative outlet because we'd have to write essays for a language class but in my head it was a, also it was a practical skill i was learning a language i wasn't being creative <laughs> it took me a while to yeah. understand that i was creative. <laughs> right
1: and i think like in terms of languages, I like I started French to degree level, but I never wanted to, I knew I didn't want to go into translational or interpretation because I felt that was too rigid. I was like, I can't be creative enough with a language in that way. I watched a French film on Friday night and it was so delightful. And I was like, I love that this is all in my head. And I love that that knowledge is there. And I'm going to start reading one of the French books I have. And I've started to like relearn German words on my phone and my brain is very happy the days I do that. And it feels very different and great to be in, but I was like, oh, that wasn't... The path to go, and I knew that. Like you're saying, it's like it didn't let you be creative. And you're like,
0: but I am creative. I did, I did uh, learn Italian because I wanted to watch Italian movies without subtitles. Because <laughs> by knowing English fluently, I knew that the subtitles missed half of the joke or a half right. of the story or a half of the meaning of mm-hmm. what the people were saying in the movie. And I like Italian yeah. movies are like the like, like the ne- neo-realist era and stuff like that. I, I want uh-huh. to know what they were saying. And <laughs> not what the translators. <laughs> and what the truth, yes. the truth of the writer that the they the translators
1: want me to think. <laughs> yeah i had forgotten about that and then
0: friday i was like oh that's not what they said (laughs) which is i do regret because i Ah. my french Mm. is not good i only had three years of it at school but i remember not liking french and i think it's because it was like a bit Mm -hmm. of a peer pressure thing because no one liked french and i had like good grades that other people wouldn't because i probably enjoyed it a little bit because i enjoyed languages and now i regret Mm -hmm. not having started watching more movies in French and trying to um, to learn the language in other ways that would make me happier than our teacher was not good we didn't like the teacher that was the problem I think so yes now I know it was a teacher (laughs) always blame the teacher (laughs) always blame the teacher any students listen you can take
1: a moment to be brave and be like my grades aren't good I think it's the teacher (laughs) I think it was interesting because I studied French and German And at first, German was so much easier because I think the stem of the words looks so much like a lot of the English word or even even the sounds will be similar if the spelling doesn't look the same. And then at a certain point, they switch over. So, like, more difficult French is more like, then looks more like English. I think it's because of, like, when different parts of England was occupied, depending who was ruling the country and how the language developed. But I do remember, like, despite having these languages in my head, Sometimes, like, those full moments where I should just be like, oh, fuck it, and, like, try and speak those languages and um when I went to Berlin the last time I was like all right let's just try and I was in a taxi and they were like your German's okay like it's clunky and the grammar's bad but like I get what you're saying I was like "Yes." Yeah. <laughs> those feel like moments of oh this is gonna be embarrassing or but like silly moments where you're like we'll just push through whatever that awkward feeling is and that will like get you on and like the same with French like I was trying to speak it recently and I think I was using like 20 words instead of three to say something because I was, I was like well, don't remember that word so let's try and articulate it by going soup around the houses and the people were like great like we really appreciate that you're trying to speak to us in a language we understand. Yeah, I think sometimes
0: equally. it's also like the person you're talking to because I've tried speaking French with people who speak English and who with whom I usually speak mm-hmm. English. And when I'm struggling they help by speaking English or whatever. But I've had a conversation with his uh, capoeira instructor and he came over to an event and he's French. He doesn't speak English. He speaks Portuguese, but it's not his first language. So his Portuguese is not Mm -hmm. great and my French is not great. And we decided we'd speak French. And he was giving me time to find the words or saying it with 20 words instead of one. And it was like so enjoyable and I liked Mm -hmm. it so much. When I went to Berlin and I, I studied German for... Like a semester at school, mm-hmm. and I didn't like it at the time. I don't know if I didn't like it or if I ran out of time and decided not to do it again. I remember the first class, the first germ- German class. I was slightly late. I came into class, and <laughs> the teacher started talking to me and said, "What is thy dein name?" I didn't know what he said. I just was looking at him, and then he said, "My name is uh, Dan Weipert," and I was okay. I think he's telling me (laughs) his name. He never, this was in Portugal, he never spoke Portuguese in class. Mm -hmm. So we were learning German with a person that wouldn't speak anything but German. (laughs) And it was really hard. Wow. But I I guess it's like a good way to learn it as well. But when I Mm -hmm. was in Berlin, I met a friend there. Who I had met in Italy when I was we were both studying Italian. And we both decided we were going to speak in English well in Germany, because <laughs> our Italian is not
1: as fluent anymore. Um, and it's not yes. a movie, so we don't need to understand <laughs> the beautiful
0: nuance of what's on screen. And then he lives there, so he speaks German. And he asked me if I speak German, and I said no. And then we went to a cafe and I ordered something myself. And then the woman <laughs> came and asked me. I don't I didn't understand all the words she said but she told me we're mm-hmm. out of cold the drink you want cold do you want it to ice or do you want to drink something else and i answered ice i couldn't like build the sentence but i know the word for ice so and he was like oh you just speak german <laughs> no
1: <Nope. laughs> like i've got about a hundred words in here and i understood one of them that came up yeah it's like and there's those moments where like they say something back and you're like i didn't get any of the words so can you say them all again
0: (laughs) like like, with french i feel like whenever i i went to paris and tried to speak french with people french people they also don't speak french back to me they will speak english which sometimes is not a very good english so i'm like your english is the same as my french so just just let me speak french (laughs) Right. And I never know if
1: it's like people wanting to practice it. Like the year I lived in France, there were loads of international students. So whenever we would hang out as a group, English was the most common language because most people have been learning it either as long if not longer than they'd been learning French so it was much easier for everyone to communicate which was one of the reasons I was like I'm gonna try and join this French student theater group because this is not gonna help me with my language because we're just talking English all the time. That
0: reminded me of another sad moment in my life I don't know if it's sad it's just like a a weird moment (laughs) when I was doing my master's here in the UK uh, at some point someone uh, there was this guy in the same lab as me whose name was Jason, but everyone would say Jason. So I thought, and he had like an English accent of some sort, and I thought it was English or something. Then someone told me he was Brazilian. And I was like, oh, cool. Okay. And he wasn't Jason, he was Jason, which is more of, of a Brazilian name. Uh, and I went to him uh-huh. one night when we were all, all out in the pub after, on a Friday night or whatever, and I said, in Portuguese, hey, someone just told me you were Brazilian, I'm Portuguese. And he was like, oh, cool, in English. I don't really understand your <laughs> Portuguese, so should probably speak in English. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay,
1: you don't want to try? No? Nope. Okay. But if he had been a little bit braver, just been like, let's have a go. Because uh, it's those moments where you're like, is this going to work? No? Okay, well, we can just go back to English, that's fine. Or like, whatever the... This was me trying to be do. your friend.
0: You don't want to be my friend. It's fine. Yeah. We don't need to be friends. <laughs> Uh, Do you have anything coming up that will require bravery? I mean, I... No, doing nothing exciting feels like, (laughs) if I don't say yes, that
1: feels like what I'm answering um I guess like I I don't have like any shows coming up that are. well I don't think I have any shows coming up full stop but I I'm trying to push myself just to do different things and be more aware I think like you were saying in terms of like starting the podcast I know there's been a lot of times where I haven't like articulated what I want or who I am so I'm just like day to day like trying to do that more as a practice as opposed to being like yeah that's fine because yeah that's fine doesn't like help people sometimes I'm generally like yeah that is fine I really don't care but other times I do have an opinion and it's better to articulate it or say like hey I'm this kind of person or like this is me or what about this so just like little moments like that I
0: think think that's cool I will have an online show today and it's like the first show I'll have in a long time and outside shows are happening in in, in here so people are doing stand-up and mm-hmm. rooftops and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm still considering whether I want to do them or not.
1: <laughs> I remember doing improv in a park in Sydney. It was like in a market and you could like book the performance base to promote things that you had coming up. And it was so weird because people were so far away and you had to shout so loudly. It was just a weird experience. And because it was improv, there was like six or seven of us. So it was like, all right, well, that was a bit clunky but fine so it would be interesting to see like how stand-up or storytelling is like I know there was something either in Central I think maybe in Central Park or oh it's the cuckoo clock again <laughs> I was listening to songs yesterday and it was weird which songs like overlapped and went well with it um and King of Rock and Roll by pre-fred spa- Prefab Sparrow was a great gel and so was how much is that doggy in the window because <laughs> the dog goes woof woof and the cuckoo <laughs> went cuckoo and I was like oh What a moment. (laughs) Um, I'm not working at the moment. And we're still kind of keeping pretty much indoors. So I will take those joyful, silly highlights (laughs) as much as I can. Yeah, so I would be interested in, I think I was saying, like how those kind of shows go in the park. I know a few people have been doing stuff at like an outdoor diner and like, in car park type of setups where there's, you know, at the point of the day where cars aren't coming in and it's closed to cars, it's safe. <laughs> it's not like an added challenge to stand up, but I guess like. Yeah, it's cool to see like how it changes things and how you what you need yeah. to adapt for My those flatmate situations.
0: Last night, and she was saying that the comedians were all hugging each other because they hadn't seen each other in so long. And she was initially slightly, uh, it's like, should I hug people? And then she had a glass of wine, and she just right. started hugging people. <laughs> and I read yesterday that <laughs> german is forbidding uh, alcohol in bars. <gasps> so I guess they have it right because alcohol. Will get you hugging people i guess it will
1: yeah i mean not having hug people gets you hugging people but that plus a drink will be like come here <laughs> um it's really funny i love the yoga meditation classes i've been doing and with a stretch and then like wrap your arms around yourself <laughs> and give yourself a hug and i would tell one person they're like i'm jealous you get to hug yourself i was like you can do it too <laughs> they're like yeah but i wanted a Lindsay hug i was like i see that it was that level of jealousy that you wanted a hug from me that's very sweet i
0: spent like four or five months without hugging anyone, and I know my last hug was Kim and Bob, and it was a great hug. Uh, and my first hu- hug after now was Maddie, and it was a great hug. They're good hugs. I like that you're
1: like this was like these these bookended my quarantine. My um my great aunt early on kept asking her daughter. She's like, "Can we just have a secret hug?" And her daughter was like, "It's not." that people can see you Mum. It's that it keeps you safe and you're 89 and this feels like we should stay six feet apart
0: she's like oh i just want one hug (laughs) i just saw like a weird bird so i got distracted Uh
1: (laughs) (laughs) so i volunteer for survivors of domestic violence to help them with financial literacy and that's in like the broadest sense so one of the things they asked they would like to know more about was what are like remote jobs available at the moment because like they don't want to necessarily like go work in a workplace or have children and actually for like ongoing lives it would be much better if they could just work from home and they're like even if it's not work are there volunteering opportunities and I found this amazing list of about 25 volunteering opportunities that are all remote and one of them was basically bird watching and logging the birds you've seen to like build up this network of all the different birds across the states and then there were other things like proofreading books because there's like a lot of free book sites where books don't have copyright but for them to go up they need to be proofread recording audiobooks i was like this is a great list so
0: <laughs> maybe i'll be doing uh, some that more reminded, like i once the first time i went to the my cemetery park i was just like walking because it's a park i was walking in like an an older guy came to me and asked me do you know what this is? I was like what? It was like a bird sound <laughs> and then he took out, to call, <laughs> took out his phone and showed me the same kind oh. of treat. It's this bird because they sing like this. I th- it's super cool but it's also slightly odd that I'm just in the cemetery park and I don't know if that's the way you'll get me to be a bird watcher.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it feels like he needs Shazam for bird songs so he can be like <laughs> hey what's this bird? <laughs> uh, we're like
0: at the end of the podcast
1: do you have any plus? i am part of trash comedy and you can find us at we are trash comedy on instagram and on twitter it's we are trash comedy but that r is just a single r and we have a podcast that comes out every week called hot goss with trash
0: it's like it's a very fun uh, podcast i laugh every week
1: you're all very silly thank you it's, it's very, very silly <laughs> it's very silly uh we take facts, and um, we trade them like gossip because
0: no gossip can happen during a quarantine because you can't go outside to tell us. was told the other day by my co-workers that I was good for gossip oh. and I like what and then one of them said oh no but Mariana says it as if it's fact and now I'm worried that I'm, I'm just <laughs> gossiping while I'm stating when I think I'm stating fact. <laughs> You will find like all these
1: gossip columns. You're like, I just said it as a fact. <laughs> uh, that's delightful. Yeah, that's the the best plug. Uh, and if you want very silly content, I'm at Lindsay Bins on Instagram. Uh, I haven't been posting that frequently recently, but there's a lot of things that look like they have faces that don't on there. Um, and
0: just silly things.
1: Thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast. Thank you for having me.
0: It was delightful. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me at at Marianas Bits on Twitter and Instagram where I'll post all the updates for the Dowdy podcast. Hashtag DowdyPod. Do rating reviews wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you're so inclined, you can tip me on Coffee or PayPal at at Marianas Bits. And before I forget, again, thank you so much to Champagne for the intro music and we'll come back for our next episode. Bye!